What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive here in lovely Kinston, North Carolina. It is Tuesday, May the 16th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is episode 860 of the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey. Why, they'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game, man. Let me tell you something. I hope I've not overbooked myself today because we have another great show for you. But we're straying off our beaten path a little bit today. You know, typically, you know, I I love this. Monday through Friday, we have our regular uh, first-hour guests. You know, Monday, of course, you heard Mark Panicelli yesterday. Tuesdays, we always have Richard Clark. Wednesdays, we have Junius Smith III. Thursdays, we have Shane Albee. And then Fridays, we have Paul Whittington. Well, we're not going to have Richard Clark today. Uh, In fact, we have moved him to tomorrow. And uh, trying to decide what I'm going to do with – we'll have him on our first hour Trying to decide what I'm going to do with Junius tomorrow. Uh, we'll, we'll worry. You know what? Hey, we'll worry about that tomorrow. But uh, if you're expecting uh, Richard Clark today to talk NBA playoffs, you're going to have to wait till tomorrow. Let me tell you why. We have got a crazy, busy, awesome show for you today. Uh, I hope you enjoyed yesterday's part one with Reggie Bullock of the Dallas Mavericks, former Kinston star. Former uh, former Carolina star, 10-year NBA vet, and it was just a lot of fun uh, yesterday's part one. Well, guess what? We've got part two for you today, and that's going to be uh, here in the first hour. We're going to uh, cut short our monologue here in a little bit, and then we've got uh, part two, like I said, of that interview we did with him over the weekend. And It's really good. If you are an NBA fan, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan, a New York Knicks fan, uh, a Brandon fan, LeBron, uh, Kyrie Irving, uh, Luka Doncic, all that. We talk about a little bit of everything here in this second interview, uh, second hour. Now, yesterday was more a Kinston-centric and growing up and going to Chapel Hill and all that. Today is uh, talking a lot about his pro career. He talks about losing his sisters, too. Uh, just a lot of great stuff. We talk about Bullock Island uh, here in part two of it, too. So you're really going to enjoy it. And like I said, that's just here in about uh, – in less than five minutes, we're going to uh, go ahead and play that interview from over the weekend. But that's just uh, that's just part one of uh, our hours, part two of the interview with him. But uh, after that, about 45 minutes or so into this first hour, we're going to be joined on the Spence Automotive guest line by the head coach of the North Lenore High School baseball team, Jackson Massey. He's going to get us ready for uh, the fourth-seeded Hawks third-round playoff game versus the number 21 seed Camden County. That game is at 6 p.m. today in Wheat Swamp. Uh, That's our first hour then. Reggie Bullock and Jackson Massey. Then, man, in our second hour, do we have a treat for you. Joining us live here in our plush, well-lit studio on Whitehall Drive is going to be the head coach of that uh, history-making North Lenore tennis team and also just one of the great guys out there, Scott Austin. Uh, His team has made more history this season. Uh, The Hawks have. 
And on top of it, it's not just going to be Coach Austin. He's going to be bringing along two of his players and the top two seeds for the Hawks this year, Austin Williams and Casey Austin. Uh, Austin and Casey will be making their first appearances here on the show. And you might think, well, Brian, surely you can't uh, uh, put get another guest in there. Well, by golly, yes, we can. About 20 minutes into our second hour, we're going to be joined by the head baseball coach at South North, David Combs. His 22nd seeded Blue Devils are going to be playing in the third round of the state playoffs today at number three seed South Granville. We'll get all the deets about that from him. So, uh, man, uh, we don't have any time to play around here. Like I said, we've got, what, uh, four guests? we got six guests on today's show, so uh, we need to jump right into it. Hey, the Down East Wood Ducks, uh, they were off yesterday, but they began a six-game set with the Fayetteville Woodpeckers at 6 o'clock today. Note, 6 p.m. today, uh, not 7 like it usually is because uh, tomorrow is the final education day of the year at 11 a.m., uh, so uh, – don't be showing up at the ballpark at 6.45 tonight or 6.50. You're going to miss three or four innings of the game. So uh, uh, check that out. Uh, I tell you what, I'm getting a report from my uh, executive producer. We're having some technical issues. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's get John and John in here and uh, do an ad or two, and we'll figure out what's going on. Preparation, persistence, sense of purpose, qualities that lead to victories on the field of play and qualities that create winners in the classrooms of Lenore County Public Schools. We pursue excellence. In 14 different varsity sports and scores of academic and technical programs, we rise to the test. We are Team LCPS. John Dawson, let me tell you about Down East Protection Systems. Preach it, brother. There you go. Down East Protection Systems of Kinston. They've been servicing eastern North Carolina for more than 30 years. I got to tell you, John, I judge a house or a home here in Kinston or Lenore County if I don't see that little depth sign in the front yard of their house. You break in. <laughs> that's, that's it exactly. Listen, Depths specializes in residential and commercial installation and service of security systems, fire alarm systems, camera systems, and access control. For more information for a consultation, please visit depthsnet.com. That's D-E-P-S-Net.com. And this is the truth. You tell them, John Dawson. That's right. Before I even turned on the power at my house, what was the first call I made? Depths. That's it. I call Down East Protection System. So if you want your house protected as well as mine is protected, call Tom Vermillion and the folks over at Down East Protection Systems. Arendelle Parrot Academy is the largest independent, non-sectarian college prep school in the region. Located on a beautiful 80-acre campus in Kinston, Parrot draws students from all over eastern North Carolina, including Kinston, Greenville, Snow Hill, Newburn, Wilson, Goldsboro, Trenton, Maysville, Jacksonville, and maybe Hookerton. Parrot Academy remains steadfast in its purpose of providing the best possible instruction and learning environment for its students. Arendelle Parrot Academy students receive acceptances from colleges and universities across the country and around the world. Give them a call at 252-522-4222 or visit their beautiful campus at 1901 Dobbs Farm Road in Kinston. I got to tell you, I've had my life insurance with Woman Life for more than 10 years and I absolutely could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community, as evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church, or government agency that needs one right here in eastern North Carolina. Thank you so much to Danny Rice, Jared Edwards, and Woodman Life for sponsoring the Brian Hanks Show. If you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, call Jared at 
361-2414 or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kenston. It's right beside Highland Furniture across from Cell Auto Mall. And we are having some technical issues right now, but if you're listening to this on our uh, SoundCloud or on our 3 p.m. broadcast, and it's going to sound completely normal to you, uh, but uh, I do apologize. Man, a lot, and this what a morning for it to happen. And uh, uh, anyway, hey, let's get you caught up with everything going on here. Uh, the Down East Wood Ducks, like I said, they begin a six-game set with Fable Woodpeckers at 6 o'clock today. Again, 6 o'clock, not at 7 o'clock. Tomorrow is Wednesday. It's uh, the 11 a.m. Education Day. It's Thirsty Thursday, Fireworks Friday. Uh, a sweet red, white, and blue hat giveaway on Saturday and Dogs and Dogs on Sunday. Uh, so there's your Wood Ducks update. And thank you to the Wood Ducks for being a sponsor, too, of the Brian Hanks Show. Hey, uh, ECU, a uh, big, huge game for them today as they'll take on Campbell. It's a final regular season game of the year for uh, the Pirates. Uh, the Pirates are 38 and 14 overall. The Campbell Camels are 39 and 11. That should be a pretty good game tonight. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, we finally had their schedule. We complained about it yesterday with Mark Panicelli. They must have listened to us. No, they didn't. But uh, the Hurricanes will take on uh, the Florida Panthers in the Eastern Conference Finals and will host games one and two on Thursday and Saturday at uh, PNC Arena. Now, the Dallas Stars won last night over the Seattle Kraken. They're going to play the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals, and that is Friday and Sunday, games one and two uh, in that series. So the final four hurricanes and Panthers in the East, the stars and the golden Knights in the West, man, this is just going to be, this is going to be an awesome, uh, Stanley cup, uh, finals coming up, uh, Eastern conference, Western conference finals. Hey, uh, wanted to get you called up on uh, prep sports. Now, like I said, we're going to talk to North North head baseball coach, uh, Jackson Massey here later on this hour, uh, his Hawks take on, uh, his fourth seeded Hawks who are 17 and four overall. They take on Camden County, who is 15 and 9. That's at 6 o'clock today. The winner of that faces the winner of number one Midway and number nine East Carteret. Uh, Midway is 22 and 2. East Carteret is 17 and 8. That would be on Friday. Uh, the number 22 seeded South and Blue Devils. We're going to have David Combs here on the show in our uh, second hour. They're at number three South Granville, who is 18 and 3. That game is at 6 o'clock tonight at South Granville. The winner faces the Winner of this next game, Farmville Central at number two, Green Central. Farmville Central is a 26 seed. They are 10 and 11 overall right now at number two, Green Central. The Rams, they are 21 and three uh, overall. That game is at seven o'clock tonight. Now, Green Central uh, swept the regular season from the Jaguars, and the winner of that game obviously faces South Nor or South Granville in the next round. Now, I've uh, some bad news. Uh, Parrot Academy was scheduled to play tonight. In fact, they were going to go to Charlotte and take on a Hickory Grove Christian. However, something has come up. Uh, the game has been changed to a forfeit, according to Max Preps. I messaged uh, Coach Kravitz, Robert Kravitz from Parrot Academy this morning. He uh, uh, messaged me back and asked, could we talk later on today? So I'm going to try to get him on the show tomorrow just to help us break down and what happened there, and we'll let you know all about that. Uh, there's only one softball playoff game, uh, and that's Parrot Academy, 9-8 uh, and eight overall. They are traveling to Charlotte to take on Hickory Grove Christian, who is 15-10. and 10. That game is at 4.30 today. So there are all your playoff games. And uh, there you go. I tell you what, uh, let's get uh, – let's uh, listen here to uh, uh, day or uh, part two – of our interview with uh, Reggie Bullock. Uh, very excited about this here on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.
And we're continuing now here with uh, Reggie Bullock here on the Brian Hanks Show this morning. And dude, I can already tell you, there's going to have to be a part two sometime yeah, in yeah, six yeah. months yeah, or eight yeah. months or something like yeah, that because yeah. we're never going to get to all this stuff that all I want right. that I want to get to and ask you about. But uh, we were talking about Carolina. Going to Carolina, any you never had any say. I mean, you loved your time in Chapel Hill, didn't right. you? Talk a little bit about that. Um, my time in Chapel Hill, um, getting dropped off by Coach Gullis once again uh, to the university up there, moving in, and you know, just the whole process of moving in and, and, and being there three years. Um, I built some great relationship with the players that I that I had there. Um, still got those. Like one of my best friends right now is Dexter Strickland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Okay. Now his name changed to Baden Jackson, but he's my my best friend now. You know what I'm wow. saying? So, and that happened over college, over the AU circuit of playing basketball and just knowing him in college and after college. Um, our relationship is still strong. I still got a strong relationship with the Carolina fa- fan base and and the coaching staff that's up there. Um, my son going to camp there uh, this summer for the oh first time. My God. Coach, How old is he? Ten. Coach, yeah, he's ten years old. Okay. He doing things I ain't done. I n- I've never been to a Carolina camp before. <laughs> so uh, being able to see my kid do a little bit of better things that I did is always good. But uh, my time that I had at UNC was second to nothing. Um, it was first class and everything. You know what I'm saying? It was first class and everything. It's an NBA uh, factor in school. Um, great coaches. Um, the colors are the best colors ever. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 Reggie. The best colors are those Virginia colors that you saw when you came through the house. Okay. Yeah, but no, nah, uh, like I said, man, the time the time there was great. Um, definitely, it's a place that's always going to stay close to my heart. How tough was the decision? I mean, you left after your junior, junior year. Yeah. Obviously, it was a great decision. You got drafted yeah, yeah. in the first round of the NBA uh, yeah. draft in uh, 2013. But how tough was that decision? Because I know there had to have been some pressure on you to come back yeah. for your senior year. Uh, Set up that decision process that yeah. you made there. Um, that decision process was was uh, it was a tough decision to make. Um, a lot of people don't even really know right right then, but actually, my son was actually uh, not born yet, but about to be born. Yeah. So it was kind of like a it was kind of like a life changing decision that I had to make, and it was kind of like me betting on myself. Um, a lot of people would, you know, I was I was straddling that fence of first round, second round. People was telling me that I don't know if you're gonna make first round. Then my agent is telling me that, you know, every team between the fifteenth through the thirtieth pick, um, we're gonna have you work out for all these teams are saying that you they see you around that nineteen, twenty two range. Um, but the university is not kinda wanting me to come back for my senior year. So I'm kinda like betting on myself, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Uh, and I was like, people don't really know what I got going on on the low. What you know, my son about to be born. So it's kind of like a life changing decision for me to be able to you know provide for myself, your child. provide yeah. for my family too, and everything. So I bet it on myself. Um, it went well. 2000, I did 15, 16 workouts, traveled all around the country, uh, and in 2013 uh, draft, 25th pick, Reggie Bullock. Uh, then boom, take off again, write a whole new chapter of a book. And it was absolutely a brand new chapter of a book too, and just a, a great chapter in that. Uh, just how, again, just hard work got you to where you are today, and we'll we'll get to that in a yeah. little bit. But just uh, when you getting to training camp, that first training camp, what are your 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 memories of that of uh, going to the Clippers' very first training mm-hmm. camp? Uh, it was tough. First of all, I was still kind of a little starstruck. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. going in. I'm going in a uh, training camp, Blake Griffin. 
Chris Paul. I'm talking about these players in their prime. DeAndre Jordan just baptized somebody in the air. I'm saying that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm saying yeah. that. I'm like, hold up. I'm really going here being with these guys, coming from where I'm from, and it's crazy. Coming literally straight across the country from a small town. It's like, wow. Oh, 3,000 miles right, away. Right, right. I'm, yeah. I'm in L.A. All my people on the other side of the country. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, being able to be around those guys. Um, I had great vets, though. Didn't get much playing time at all, but I, I, I seen how to be a pro, how to be a man, how to have family. You know what I'm saying? Learned a lot of things from those guys. So, and Like what? And that's one of the things that, that I, someone like me that would never have be in that position to be able to see. Well, what are some of the day-to-day things that you learned from those vets? Uh, man, Chris Paul, man. Just Chris Paul, his professionalism. I mean, obviously, he was a big brother of mine. I played for CP3 All-Stars. Yep, yep. But being able to be around him on a daily basis, seeing how he moves, see how he manage his family, everything he do on the court and how he move off the court. I mean, it was second to none. And he still moved like that this day, and our relationship is still the same. So um, seeing how those guys move, you know, J.J. Riddick on his professionalism, how he prepares himself for games, um, seeing how goofy – pro basketball players are in real life in DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like seeing – it's so many different uh, – seeing Jamal Crawford, you know what I'm saying, seeing how he at his age and he's still playing like he's 12 years old out there. You know what I'm saying? Just so crossover after crossover and don't look like he's aging at all. You know what I'm saying? So seeing so many different things as a 22-year-old kid coming from a small town to the main stage in L.A., I learned a lot and I had to grasp it fast. You know what I'm saying? I had to grasp it fast. Oh, yeah. And uh, I grasped it, and I kind of held on it and kind of brung those same things that i seen those guys do, guys do, and just added it to my routine to be able to keep me on a professional level, mm-hmm. you know, keep me being coachable. You know what I'm saying? Uh, a great voice in the locker room, a leader. You know what I'm saying? Seeing all those different things from other leaders that was before me, those are the traits that I had to carry on if I wanted to have any success in this league, and I understood it at a young age. And obviously the hard work and the basketball and all that comes along and obviously making shots and all that comes mm-hmm. along too. So, um, but those basics and those foundations, uh, definitely what kept me here. Well, uh, again, uh, you start in LA, uh, I'm trying to remember, I'm trying to get my time frame right here. I think it was Phoenix and then Detroit yep. or, yep. and not in, not in Phoenix very long, but then you get to Detroit and I've always thought, and, and you've never told me this, this is just me observing I've always thought that the way Coach Van Gundy just really worked with you, yeah. just uh, I almost thought that was a turning point. Yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. what's kind of kept you in the league, and that's just my observation. How close am I to in that observation? Um, it's a great, it's, it's a great observation. Um, and I tell players like this, and me and Theo talk about it all the time. Um, I said, Theo, uh, you know, one of the craziest things, like I ain't never, I ain't play in this league until like year five. Yeah. Or year well, you four, like some. last, yeah. last yeah. of year four to year five is when I really started really playing, though. But I'm really trying to tell him, like, I was a late bloomer, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just all it only takes is a, a chance for one coach to believe in you. My chance came in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And I still thank uh, SVG for this all the time that, you know, obviously it's a player that goes down. I have to step in and step up. Made shots that season, kept going. They extended me on a contract, and it just kept going from there, kept going from there. But he made players play defense. That was the biggest thing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? He wanted players to play defense. But you defense. love playing defense. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you yeah. truly do. Yeah, he he wanted players to play defense, play hard, um, obviously make shots. And then, me and, and then me and Blake had like a two-man game that we was working at. 
And it was it kind of kept me alive, and that was my chance. And then from there, I just went to another team that believed in me and gave me the same chance. And then from there to another team that gave me a chance, you know what I'm saying? So uh, the role has been – it was definitely rocky in the very beginning, but to be able to try to find some consistency over the last five years of my career, uh, it's been good to be able to look on it and believe to see that I've come a long way. And you absolutely have. Again, that voice you're listening to is Reggie Bullock here on the Brian Hanks Show. Uh, if you want to take a sip or something, I'm going to uh, – got to thank a sponsor here. Okay. And it's UNC Lenore Healthcare. <laughs> How about that? But thank you to UNC Lenore Healthcare. They are the exclusive sponsor of the big interview every day here on the Brian Hanks Show. With a medical staff of more than 100 physicians, UNC Lenore Healthcare – Offers a range of specialty services and technology you would only expect to find at hospitals in larger cities. Visit UNC Lenore Healthcare at 100 Airport Road right here in Kenston for all your health care needs. Or call them at 252-522-7000. You can also email them at info at Lenore.org or visit their comprehensive website at unclenore.org. And again, thank you so much to Beverly Jenkins, all the folks over at UNC Lenore Healthcare for being the exclusive sponsor of the big interview here on the Brian Hank show, uh, and it, it gets no bigger than this. Reggie Bullock joining us here in our studio. I do want to backtrack just a second and talk about the Clippers. Yep. And when you look at your 10 years in the league, what is amazing to me are the moments that you've been there. You were at one of the biggest moments in the past decade in NBA history with the whole Donald Sterling uh, right, right, situation right. that yeah, was yep. there. And I remember watching it that night and watching uh, – you guys, when you were dealing with that, I just wanted you to just your memories from that. And I know uh, CP was one of the big leaders on that. Yeah. But well, what do you remember the most about that whole situation with Donald Sterling? And, I mean, looking back on it, it was, it was kind of like it was a dream. Yeah. Like, was I really there through that? Like, it, it was a crazy process and just being able to see. I mean, I was a, I was, um, I was kind of like a, a not, not a non voice, but being able to see like, uh, the older vets on the team, you know, try to, you know, stand up for what they stand up. And I'm trying to kind of like gauge it. I don't want to yeah. say too much and really not know what I'm really saying or anything like that. So I was kind of like going off of what the uh, the vets and, and how our team was going to move as a team. I was, I was, I was big on team stuff. So I was like, okay, if the team doing this, I'm going to be a part of it. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I wasn't in on really the, the big, um, Decision making on what the team want to do or anything like that, but well, you were only it in was your a, second or third year yeah, in the league yeah. at that time. Only, I mean, it's not like you were. Yeah, it was only. It was a crazy. It was a crazy process. It yeah, was a, it was a crazy process. Just all the news that came out about it, and then you know people hitting you up like, "Oh, what is going on with?" Them? I'm like, "Well, it's a lot." I just came from this small <laughs> town over here. I don't know what is going on out yeah. here. You know what I'm saying? But it was it was a it was a dream. What kind sure. of a leader was uh, Chris Paul during that? He <laughs> one of the best leaders. Yeah. Uh, during the whole process, I mean, I mean, obviously he's standing up for what he's standing up for, but everybody was listening to his command and standing right with him, and he was a voice of the league, um, still is a voice of the league. So, I mean, obviously people was, was going off his leadership in a, in, a, in a moment like that when it comes to such a big issue of what he came to. I just, like I said, that's, I, as long as you and I have known each other, that's a, I haven't ac- actually ever gone down that road. I just right, wonder right, what right. it was yeah, like yeah. for you to be a part of that. So, uh, like I said, you're in Detroit. You start really making a name for yourself there. Uh, you, I first start hearing you really refer to as 3 and D at that point. Right, right. You know I mean? We knew you, even when you were at Kinston, we knew, right, you know, right. what a good shooter you were. Yeah. You were an offensive player. 
but I really started seeing you play more. You started not that you didn't take pride in it before. Please right. don't think I'm saying yeah, that, yeah, Reggie. Yeah. But it seemed like to me, again, being outside your circle, it seemed like you were starting to take a lot more pride also in what a good defensive player All that right. you were. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, I knew obviously that I can make shots, and there's a lot of players in, in this league mm-hmm. that that make shots. But um, I knew in order for me to be able to stick at what I do uh, and add another add another value to my game, I had to play on the other end too. And once I seen that I could do it, I mean, it's nothing but will, but once I seen that I could do it, I felt like, okay, this is going to be another two that I add to my game to be able to say that he's a 3 and D player. Mm-hmm. And like I said. You uh, take pride in that, don't take, you? Take pride in it. Take pride. I got I got like people like you, my family, that's, that's looking at these games and they're like, oh, Reggie can't stop it. Oh, he still can't stop it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you got to have pride in that. You don't want to get cooked too many times to be able to, you know. Well, what I've loved, especially, and I know I'm fast-forwarding a little bit to Dallas now, but what I've really enjoyed is watching how the coaching staff with the Mavericks have used you, and inevitably, inevitably, you are on the other guys from one to four. Maybe you're not guarding seven-foot-two guys or anything like that, although I have seen that happen before, too. But they'll put you on a point guard in a heartbeat. They'll put you on a four in a heartbeat, and with your long arms, and, and I right. mentioned it to you, and I've yeah, said yeah. it on the air here, too, so I hope I'm not embarrassing yeah. you or myself, but I swear to God, it looks like you've grown a couple of yeah, inches yeah, yeah. since yeah. you left Kenson High School. But uh, but what I do enjoy is watching, they do. I mean, listen, right. the coaching staff at Dallas, they will put you on yeah. anybody, maybe, again, like I said, not a seven-foot-two right, guy, right. but they'll put you on anybody, and you take pride in that, don't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I got a great relationship with one of the coaches that I actually had uh, in Detroit, um, Sean Sweeney. Okay. Um, Sean Sweeney was a, a great coach, and he was defensive mind, and I like his competitive, competitiveness. And he liked mine also, so he was the defensive uh, anchor for us down in uh, Dallas this year. So um, we watched a lot of film together. He always wanted me to, you know, just just bring that intensity, um, bring that passion, be physical, try to do whatever you can to try to get your teammates involved. And he did a great job with uh, trying to get that out of me. Loved watching you in Los Angeles. I really did. I, uh, in fact, if you remember, uh, Nick Harvey and I made a yeah, trip yeah, yeah. to uh, yeah, yeah. to Memphis to watch you yeah, when yeah. you visited. When Jerry was a coach on the Grizzlies staff, and mm-hmm. you and Brandon were playing together for the Lakers, and that's what I wanted to ask you: uh, What was it like? Now, uh, that's a common misconception. Mm-hmm. Folks think that you and Brandon played together at Kinston. Well, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. You graduated in thirteen. Mm-hmm. He didn't. Uh, or, or great. I'm sorry. You graduated in, in 10. ten. He graduated in 15, yeah, fifteen. So yeah. you guys never overlap but what was that like to you uh to be able to play with like you keep saying a, a kid from a little town in yeah. eastern north carolina but for you and brandon to be in the same i've got dude yeah. on my dvr i've got hours and hours of uh, lakers games yeah. with, you, with you two playing together what was it like to play with brandon uh, in la uh it was it was very dope man it was very dope um obviously he's a great player um his name and, and who he is and how much he means to the city i mean he was dope to be able to see uh, two kids from a small town wearing What are the odds? A, man, the <laughs> odds of that right there, I might be hitting the lottery. Yeah. Right yeah. when I leave here. Then. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, yeah, that's that's that, that was very huge for the, the city to be able to see. And we playing in the Lakers uniform. That's that's super huge. And, and, and on the main stage. Yeah. And not, and not only that, we playing with LeBron James, like one of the greatest ever to do it. So it's like to be able to see um, – our dreams come true of us being teammates and, and representing the city in the way that we did. Uh, I think we did a good job at it. I ask you how proud you were of Dory. And like I said, obviously, you didn't uh, play with Brandon at yeah. uh, at Kinston High, but still, 
you guys are part of that fabric of, you know, the Kinston. Yeah. I, like I said, look around this room. These are all Kinston jerseys of uh, people that have played. Yeah. When you're going back to Cedric Maxwell and Charles mm-hmm. Shackelford and Jerry and you yeah. and Brandon now and Trez. Craig Dawson. Yeah. Tony Dawson. Yeah. Tony Dawson. Tony Dawson, who yeah, played yeah. in the NBA. I mean, yeah. it's just it, just to, for you to be able to play with him, it just had to have met the world. And you just answered that question, so I won't ask you that again. But uh, so you play in New York, and that to me, and I, you're doing great in Dallas. We love you in Dallas. But you really, I think that is really where you hit one of your high water marks was yeah, in New yeah. York. And they really appreciated you. Yeah. Again, I watched all those games that yeah, you played yeah. in. And you – you gained a really big fan following when you were in New York. How much fun was it to play a Madison Square Garden and play for the New York Knicks? Man, it was dope. It was dope. Uh, just being able to see with the city uh, where they haven't been to the playoffs until since like 2010 or something yep. like that. And to be able to see so much passion that the city put into their games. Like, I mean, it's, it's sold out games every time. And the fans are there. They're showing up. They're in support of if you win or losing. But – um, now, if you're a terrible player, they're going to let you know for sure. <laughs> they definitely let you know. But uh, as long as you're out there playing with passion and giving your heart. I swear that's what I was getting ready to say, Reggie. Yeah. They saw the kind of person that you are. Yeah. That you weren't half-butting it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You weren't halfway doing it. You were giving your heart every single night. Yeah. I think that's why they liked you so much in New yeah. York. Yeah, um, that was that grit. That was that grit. Um, and, you know, it, it wasn't just me out there. I mean, it was it was, it was for the player, Alfred Payton. He played with the same heart that I had. We were was, we was starters at the time. Um, so I had other great players that was around me and we had that same grit and we wanted to be great. You know, people was kind of writing us out as the Knicks and be able to have that push that we made to be able to get back into the playoffs. And I remember going to a playoff game. I can, I know it's even crazier now with what they're doing right now. Um, but to be able to, you know, pull up for, uh, a playoff game and we see the whole street packed <laughs> and people was just like yelling your name. It's just like, yo, it's insane after the games, after the New York Knicks playoff game. It's like they in the street yelling your name. So just being able to get that love and to see that energy that the city had once we made it, um, you had to go out there and play with heart. And that's what I brought. And that's, I guess I built the fan base off that. You New York wanted you back. Right. You know, when you decided to go to Dallas, I, I remember reading everywhere, mm-hmm. uh, the Knicks leadership, they really wanted you back. They lo- Again, they loved what you brought. But you decided to go to Dallas. So mm-hmm. why, why did you make that decision to uh, become a Maverick? <sighs> um. Well, obviously, I mean, playing playing alongside another great superstar like himself, uh, Luca. Um, I just seen what he did with his vision, his passing. Um, I knew I was a spacer, three and D guy, um, and that's what it was kind of needed on that team. And I fitted right with him to be that spacer. Right. Well, don't around. get it twisted. I think you made a great decision. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. But I know that had to be a, been a tough decision to leave New York, where you yeah. were beloved. I mean, you for had sure. become a fan favorite in New York, and to again to again bet on yourself and go to Dallas. Yeah, it was more of a uh, it was more of a waiting game that I was kind of playing within uh, free agency when it came to New York. I mean, obviously they had some decisions that they needed to make, but um, when an opportunity like Dallas came, uh, you don't want to be leaving nothing on the table during a time like that. So uh, it was a great decision for me to go down there and play for a, a player coach um, like Jay Kidd and and having that team and 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 just the the, com- the camaraderie that we just had as a team. It was just dope just to have. Um, us all clicking and playing well together. That's awesome. Again, Reggie Bullock joining us here this morning on the Brian Hanks show. And uh, you just led talking about Luca. I've got to ask, I mean, when you think about the players, Reggie, that yeah. you've played with, I mean, <laughs> LeBron James, arguably, I don't get it. I'm an old head and I know you are too, sir. 
still MJ is going to be all time number one to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, don't what What do you think? Who do you have? Michael Jordan. There you go, <laughs> Michael Jordan. That's what I think. I think, yeah, yeah. but don't get it twisted. LeBron's number two, right, and right. I and I think he's closing in. I think yeah. if he wins the title this year, especially coming in as a seven seed, yeah, yeah, I think that's going to make a pretty good argument right, there right. for uh, being number one overall. But with LeBron, with CP three, with like you said, with Blake Griffin, with uh, Luca. Compare him. Now, he's still a young pup. I mean, what yeah. is he, 22, 23, 23 years old? years old, yeah. Yeah, 23. Uh, compare him, like, to where do you think he is in the same stage where LeBron was, where CP3 was, where Blake was, those kind of guys, Reggie. Mm. <laughs> well, he up there. He is, he, isn't he's, he? He's very high. He's special, isn't he? Yeah, I'm talking about, like, top 30 ever to play. At age 23? <laughs> yes. The boy is good. Wow. He's, he's really good. I mean, what, he, he got what it makes it, What makes him special? I mean, just his pace. He, I mean, he played at his own pace. You can't really speed him up. Um, he got a body. I mean, he, he can back he can back you down in the post. He got post moves. He know how to draw fouls. But he handles the ball too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He handled the ball like, and, and I mean, and he shoot like yeah. he got range. I mean, it's it's nothing that he really can't do on the basketball court. Um, and like I said, just his pace, his feel for the game is just like real grown man. He been playing with grown man since he was fifteen years old. Yeah. So. He'd been learning the game. Um, yeah, he may be 23, and but. Then, and, then if you yeah. ask, and then if you ask him, he he feel like the league is way easier than it is overseas. So, he's going to just try to cook us every time. <laughs> them. He's going to try to cook them every time. Yeah. Oh, that is. Oh, what's practice like with him? Practice is tough. I'm going him. I'm on him. Or you That's what him. I figured. I'm on him or um, I'm right there alongside with him. Uh, but usually most of the practice, if I'm on the other squad, I'm I'm guarding him. Got to ask you about uh, you guys. Uh, the, the Mavericks added Kyrie late mm-hmm. in the season, and uh, it just it didn't seem like he mentioned. And I'm not asking you to say anything negative yeah, or anything yeah. like that. But again, Kyrie's got to be considered one of the top 50 yeah. players of all time, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. Probably one of the top 12, 15 players that are in the league yeah, yeah. right now. Uh, I don't know. I guess the gentlest way to just what happened there because yeah, I mean yeah. we I really thought, and I said it here uh, on this show. I Man, just, Kyrie's going to join Luca and Reggie, and yeah. they're going to be, you know, number one seed coming out of the right, West. Right. Just, well, just go ahead. Um, I would say uh, more of just like adjustment and being able to, uh, you know, close out games and and, and being able to do it uh, well. Um, number one, I, I feel like we took a step back defensively, uh, just as a team. You lost some being, good players too. In yeah, the trade. we lost some, we lost some yeah. great players within the trade, um, but just defensively, I think we took a step back and. I don't think that we was always locked in enough on the defensive end to be able to close out those games that obviously adding a player like Kyrie, you feel like automatically we can close out. Um, but we didn't make those stops down the stretch. And 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 then just the gel of everybody being able to understand where, we, where a person going to be at on the defensive end, offensive end, and just being able to have that early training camp, preseason yeah. type of reps uh, for, for a team, um, adding – such a superstar like himself, uh, just being, I, I would just say adjustments for real. What do you see the future of the Mavericks right now? Now you're, you just finished a year, but year you've two. got another year yeah, yeah. coming up, right? Right, right. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're still under contract. Yeah. That's what I thought. I just yeah. want to make sure. Yeah, yeah. What, what, how do you see the Mavericks uh, in the 23-24 season? I see as a, as another team that's making a, a run for the playoffs. Um, I feel like if we start off early and win these games that we need to at the beginning of the season, I feel like our season should be panned out by all-star break 
You know okay. what I'm saying? If, and if if you if you stay locked in on that, um, I feel like we can be one of the best teams in the West uh, for sure, top four. How much does it hurt your heart seeing, watching the playoffs and seeing a seven-seeded seven seated L.A. Lakers team yeah. and a six-seeded um, Golden State team and knowing that that could have been you? Does, yeah. it, does it hurt you? I, yeah, I, it I know you well enough to know it hurt you. Just tell me a little bit about that. Um, it definitely hurt being able to see teams that's, you know, obviously uh, in the playoffs that you're like, oh, man, we can beat them in a seven-game series or we yeah. can do this. Um, but we're not there, so we can't do anything. But it's all wishes. But um, – just being able to see uh, these games that's going on, I know how fun it is. I know how much it it meant to me to be able to, you know, be in the, in the Western Conference Finals. That's very, that was very big. So to be home early right now this year is is, is a little uh, sour. But um, I'm watching the games, just trying to get better for next season. Absolutely. Who you got? Uh, that'll be my last question about the playoffs. Who you got coming out of the West? Who you got coming out of the East? Who I really want to have coming out of the West? I, I really want to see. Uh, Jokic, so I'm gonna say Denver. I want to say Denver versus Philly. Okay, and how I, good? How good is Jokic? Jokic is, is for people. You got to remember here in Kinston in Eastern North Carolina, we don't get to see a lot of Denver games because yeah, yeah. they usually start at ten o'clock at right, night right. or ten thirty at night or something like Jokic that. Is, Tell folks how good he is. Jokic is too good. Jokic is a a great player. Like I said, he's another player. Like he's like a big man, uh, Luca. Like he plays on his own pace. He can pass the ball very well. He can score right there in the post. Um, but it's like you can't, I mean, you can't guard him. Mm-hmm. You're just hoping that he misses a shot. You're hoping that somebody get a steal on one of his deflection passes or something that he's doing. Denver and Philly, you got in the finals. That's who you think. Who yeah. do you, you think yeah, Denver will win it? Denver win it all. Okay, that's what I'm taking. That's awesome. Uh, again, Reggie Bullock here. I do want to ask you about this, and yeah. again, I know it's something that's very personal and it means a lot to you. Are uh, just again talking about family and right. talking about your sisters that you've lost. And there's one thing I we're so proud of you here in Kinston. I know I'm speaking for just Joe Joe Kinston citizen right, right. when they say that. When they think about you, they love you. They're very proud of you. But there's also a lot of we cry for you. You know, I mean, we've we nowhere do can we say we feel the pain that you felt because that's impossible. But for you to stay as positive as you have and with losing two of your sisters and the the things that you've gone through. And instead of just clamming up and shelling into yourself, you've used this to, to help other people. I just wanted to give you an avenue just to just talk about, to talk about your sisters and, and the stuff that you've done to, uh, to, to keep their memories alive, Reggie. Um, I'll probably say uh, stars shine at night. And, and that's how I see my sisters. It's a dark world out here and, and they stars to me. Um, and it's about me being able to keep that light on when it's a dark world going around. Um, my sisters was was bright people, you know what I'm saying? They were full of joy, full of laughter, uh, was loved by the city. Um, I knew how much they meant to my family. Um, and I just try to create things here within the city to be able to, you know, leave their mark and their name around. Um, they left a lot of memories with me, pictures, videos, uh, all the memories, all the laughs. I always have that, like, uh, imprinted into my head. Uh, but, um... Me and my family is, is something that we we still currently dealing with, but we see brighter days. Uh, we started foundations and everything for my sisters. Um, and like we said, we on a daily basis we keep their name alive. I got tattoos, uh, pictures you got around the house, named business, after businesses them. named yeah. after them. I got pictures around the house of them named, and I and I see that same face every time. Every time I think about them, so that face would never change. Uh, that that face would never age. You know what I'm saying? So I will always see them at, at that. At, so 
it's still memories that, you know, I just hang on to that they left me. Um, and I will continue to just keep carrying their name on. What does it mean to you that uh, as a straight man, yeah, yeah. as a heterosexual man, that the LBGTQ plus community just adores you and right, right. just the thing that you have done for them. And and like I said, I mean, you're talking about being outside their box. You're outside right. their box, but yeah. they you really have taken a, a lot of stuff on your shoulders and you really do try to open people's eyes about what those folks go through, especially, like I said, with your sisters, the things they went through. It means a lot to you that they love you and adore you as much as they do, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely, for sure. Um, my sister was a part of the community. It was something that I never really understood. Yeah. Uh, when I was younger, obviously playing b- basketball here uh, within the city, but I never really understood her true life. Once she passed away, I wouldn't be able to you know, stand up for for the dark life that you know I assumed that she was living, but she was living within her own happiness. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. Once I fully understood that, I wanted to stand up for her and the, and the people all over the world that's getting all these crazy things done to them. So I started a foundation, started standing up for the LGBTQ community, um, started dealing with different charities and, and, and different organizations to learn the terminology to be able to, you know, go to take my son to LGBTQ uh, plus parade up in um, New York City. I usually go to I that remember every I saw year. I've seen pictures from um, that. That's I'll awesome. be on the float. Um, all the interviews and everything, I've, I've gained so much love from it um i got sisters within the lgbtq community that i that i keep in contact with um just being in support of them um but like i said that's that's all a part of work that's all a part of what i do uh for my organization and for Tell me, me some, the dreads isn't that part of it too or is that a completely it, separate thing no no no. the dreads is 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 just me as my personality that's just your personality you know okay yeah, it's, it's you personality. know how things are you you read a thousand <laughs> yeah. things you don't know but i thought oh, no, you, no 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 oh yeah yeah you did see that no okay. no you did see that it was the coloring okay the coloring yeah that you did that one yeah, time yeah, yeah, to yeah, help honor that. yeah, yeah. that's cool yeah, yeah. listen reggie i can't even get I, I do need to ask you uh being a father how much has that changed you? How much has that helped you? I mean, not just uh, as a professional basketball player, not just as uh, as an adult, but just all together. You are so proud of your children, and I love seeing the pictures. And we're Snapchat yeah, friends, yeah, yeah, so yeah, you'll yeah. you'll throw some pictures <laughs> yeah, yeah. up there sometimes on Snapchat yeah. of you and your munchkins and. Yeah. Dude, it just like I said, man. Every time uh, Linda and I both, it'll just yeah. I'll, I'll have to show it to her, and she, yeah, yeah, she goes, yeah. "Oh, look at that!" Yeah, yeah. How much has that changed um, you as, as a man and as a as all together as a basketball player? Everything. I think it. I think uh, with my kids and 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 my oldest son. I think when he first came into life, like I said, it was it was life changing decision for me. Um, but it took a lot of stress off me. You know, what I'm saying I, I had a, a huge supporting cast of people that I had to be able to take take care of and then once my kids and everything came around that kind of like lessened everything because it's now it's like not about everybody else it's about the legacy that I want to leave for my boys you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and that's what I stand on and, and that's very understood within my family and how it should be for any other person you know what I'm saying and that's for everybody in the world you know what I'm saying like it's about the next legacy that you're gonna leave for your kids and yeah. and, and once that's fully understood as the man which I am I gotta work for them I gotta leave something for them and everything. If I do that for them, everything will fall in a circle. You know that is awesome. I, I've got a last question for you. And it was, it, I got to tell you, your name was out there big time a mm-hmm. uh, month or so ago, six weeks ago when Bullock Island uh, <laughs> made the rounds and everybody, and I'm serious, everywhere you went, it was a leading news thing. Yeah. I mean, dude, it was on CNN. Yeah. Did you know that? It made CNN. CNN yeah. yeah. Which to me is makes yeah, a big yeah. deal, but uh, tell everybody a little bit about Bullock Island and uh, your dreams, whatever, uh, you know, everything that you've got uh, going. 
going with that and that you're picturing for that? Um, so uh, I, I found this place on YouTube. Um, I was looking up private islands. I was like, oh, I want to do something different. Uh, come across this island. I knew where area I kind of wanted to be at. I was like, okay, let me look in the Caribbean. And I went to Central America. And then I started going to South America. And I kind of found something within my budget. Come across this island on on YouTube. Finally get in touch with the realtor. Every day I'm going home from practice. I'm looking at videos <laughs> about Belize. What I need to learn about Belize. What I need to learn about Belize. Learned a lot of stuff. It took me about two, three months to learn everything. Got in touch with the realtor. Now I send uh, my girl, my mom, uh, my brother Wood, and my assistant down to Belize. I've never been to Belize. You know what I'm saying? I send my family and them down. My mom and them, they get there to the island, meet the realtor. They're walking around. I'm talking about trees from from the from the ground 20, 30 feet up in the air. But it's palm trees, you know. Yeah. It's kind of like a deserted island. You know what I'm saying? It's one caretaker on the island. But I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to really do this. I purchased it because it, it looked just like a heart. You know what I'm saying? I learned everything about Belize I need to learn. Got great, great relationship with the people. And I was seeing that this is a tourist-growing area. So I bought the island in representation of my son. Which one of my son's name is Hart. So I was like, oh, it looked just like Hart. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that. Let me get that. That's the perfect one. Uh, what I plan on doing with it, I'm going to have a mansion villa up there. Be able to hold about 10 to 12 guests. Um I have a restaurant on it. I have a hookah bar on it. I'm gonna have an amphitheater to be able to hold uh, events on it. So, wedding, any type of thing, uh, concerts, all that type of stuff. I have on the island. I'm gonna have all the water sports. Uh, I have a boat to be. Now, is this something to. you're gonna rent it out to people? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm, uh, so, ten to twelve guests can come stay in this mansion villa on a private island. You can yeah. be able to shut the whole island down. You'll have restaurant, food, all included. Um, You'll be able to uh, do all the water activities, uh, jet skis, tubing, jump off the trampoline, all type of stuff. Right around the island, get fresh lobster, all that, all around the island. But it's all in an all, all-inclusive package. That's how I'll be doing it. It's a minimum of a four-night stay. Um, haven't sat down to exactly come up with the numbers. Once everything's fully done, you'll see it. It's going to be a – but my my uh, date that I'm looking to open is, is uh, 2024 – Late summer of 2024. Only Maybe. about a year yeah, and a few months from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I got to ask. I got to ask you. Your, your good friend, Brian Hanks. Well, you get a friend rate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a friend rate. I mean, I you don't expect to pay. Don't get it twisted. You got a friend rate. I just want to support, man. That's why I've been, you know, broadcasting. I want people to yeah. um, keep up with the process. Well, like I said, dude, it was everywhere. Yeah. I mean, people, as you know, everybody around Kinston was talking about it. But when you click on CNN.com and it's on there, you're right. like, Wow, this is, you know this is a pretty big deal when it's on there for sure. Tell us about the hookah bar that's right here in Kenson too. Mm-hmm. I haven't had a chance. Right, right. I don't. Am I too old? That's what I no, worry no. about. You know, <laughs> oh, I don't want, right. you know you don't like no, to see that old head old. in the bar. No. You know that. No, uh, but actually, um, actually, we actually gonna be having food in there. Okay, soon, so we're gonna be definitely having food. So you could definitely gonna have to try our food okay. out. Uh, but we'll be open earlier during the day, so you okay. definitely will be able to come through and be able to you know taste the food at least. To see okay. what's going on. I know at nighttime, you probably don't want to be in there when it's crazy lit yeah. or turned up. But uh, during the day, I feel like you should be able to, you know, come by and have food. And I, I feel like we have some of the best food in the city. Once oh, we I can't with. wait. I got to tell you, I just remember uh, going to bars when I was your age. And, you know, and I, you would see nothing against me or you here, okay, sir. But you'd see the mid-50s, late yeah, 50s yeah. guys. You'd be like, <laughs> That old that old man doesn't need to be in here, and all these young people. So that's what's kind of kept me away a little bit. I want I want to visit it though. I definitely do want to visit it. But listen, Reggie, 
I cannot even begin to tell you how much uh, you've just given me more than an hour of your time. Yep. I appreciate you. Yes, uh, dude, much luck in your future. Thank you. Uh, you don't need luck though. I mean, yes, cause sir. you work your tail off and you're going to, you're going to do great. Can't wait to watch you next year with Dallas. And, yes, uh, I hope to see you guys still playing in the playoffs uh, a year ago from right now. Okay. Yes, yes, sir. That's definitely the goal. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, Brian, for, for everything that you've covered for me, you know, over my career and, and, and what you've done for my family and, and all the coverage you've given me. You've always been first class guy and I, and, uh, way that you keep up with my career now and to see you so much involved for all the greats that's come through Kenston. We can't thank you enough, but you right. covered us for, for years, man. I, one of the best ever to do it. It's been my love honor. You, my and I, I love you too, man. I'm telling yeah. you, it's, it's my honor. I just talk about just catching lightning in a bottle. I, yeah. By the time I got here was when you were – I'd been here a couple of years, but mm. watching you, I mean, I, I can remember the first yeah. time here in Wells Gullage talk about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. And say, man, there's a seventh grader over Rochelle. You've got to see him. See, I mean, yeah, Will's yeah, telling yeah, me yeah, that. Yeah. I remember going and watching you yeah. play and, and seeing yeah. how special you were then and just everything you've done. It's been my honor to uh, – it's been my honor to have your jerseys yes, here sir, in, yes, in my office. And I, I got you on these signatures. Too. I can't I wait, man. I, I can't I wait. I but uh, listen, I've got to tell you this. I've just uh, Linda just messaged me and said – I better tell you that Scott Whittington said hello. So please, okay, okay. please I got take, you. I take got 10 you. seconds I got to say you. hello so, to Scott yeah, Whittington. Hey, Scott, what's good, boy? Hey, hit me. You already know, you know how to hit me on Snapchat. <laughs> Stop playing. All right. I love it. Reggie, right. thank you so much. Yes, dude. sir. Got you. Man, what a fun interview there with uh, Reggie Bullock. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you missed part of it, like I said, we had uh, some technical difficulties on our uh, online stream and on the app. Uh, listen, they've got them all fixed. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Al Cannon. And to uh, Jason Bryant, they took care of business there and really do appreciate them. But if you missed part of that interview, it's easy. Uh, what you need to do is uh, just go to brianhanks.com or listen to our feed again at 3 o'clock today right here on 960thebull and 960thebull.com. And uh, you, can, you can listen to it there for sure. Listen, uh, again, thank you to Reggie. Hey, thank you to Spence Automotive. They are the sponsor of our uh, guest line that we're getting ready to have uh, Jackson Massey up on. Spence Automotive is where I get my car service. It's where you should go to. Located at 603 Plaza Boulevard in the old Firestone building next to the Piggly Wiggly and Big Lots. Spence Automotive is owned by local sports riding legend Keith Spence and is open Monday through Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Spence Automotive takes care of all your car care needs and all also sells great tires, too. Give our friend Keith a call at Spence Automotive at 252-686-5011 the next time you need your car service when you need new tires and tell him the Brian Hanks Show sent you. And joining us right now on our Spence Automotive guest line, all they do is win, 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 no matter what, up in Wheat Swamp. We've got Jackson Massey. Uh, that, there's nothing worse than an old white guy trying to do a rap, is there, Coach? Uh, I feel like this is bringing back memories of me at like an ECU football game, and I know that they like to play that song a lot, and I thought I had rhythm back then, and I really didn't. Um, so we're on the same boat, man. There you go. Listen, uh, man, so honored to have you here on the line with us today as uh, we are going to take a couple of minutes to recap uh, this uh, past Friday night's big win over Aiden Grifton, a 6-5 to five victory in the second round of the playoffs, and do a little preview for uh, tonight's Camden County game. But let's go back to Friday night. And, uh, Coach, uh, just uh, an amazing way to win a game, to win on a walk-off wild pitch. You don't see that very often, do you, especially in the playoffs, do you, Coach? No, and uh, we were very fortunate to come away with it, but – you know, there were so many ups and downs in that game, and our guys just weathered, 
you know, the storm and, and every time something negative happened towards us, we, we did a good job of responding. And uh, there was a couple of innings where I thought we played tight. But we came out really good. We had a, we had a rough third inning. And, um, you know, we were, we were fortunate. We stole seven or eight bases, which that was really the game plan the, the whole time. And I think just some of that senior leadership, you know, in the seventh inning, you're down one. Uh, Tyler, I, I don't want to get it wrong, but I think Tyler was in the 0-2 count. Tyler Sears to start off the inning, worked it to a full count, got walked. Uh, Matthew Hill, another senior, bumps him over. Um, we get a double by Blake Crawford to, to tie it. And a couple of things happen. We end up getting the bases loaded and, and we score on a wild pitch. So I don't care what it takes at this point. I'm just happy that we won. And, and But I'm, I'm very proud of our guys' fight. They just they never thought they were out of it. And that's what it takes. I, I don't know if you had a chance to see, and I know, I mean, with being the AD and not, I mean, not just being the baseball coach and, you know, being in the state playoffs, but being the athletics director and everything else you have going on, being a father and everything else. I don't know if you had a chance to see uh, what uh, Joey Cannon, uh, Luke Cannon's pops, uh, put up on Facebook, but he even said on there, listen, this was probably, probably, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said it was uh, probably Luke's worst uh, performance of the season, but just he was bragging on just the way the team backed him up, uh, backed Luke up. And I mean, when you have a performance like, and again, like I said, I hate that I wasn't there, but uh, you, you read that. And uh, like I said, Mr. Cannon saying, Hey, not a great performance, but the rest of the team stepped up. That's pretty much what happened. I'm guessing. Right, sir. Yeah, I mean, you know, I've said it the whole year. I think one of the biggest things about this team compared to some of our teams in the past is we don't just rely on one or two people. Um, I think that we are the exact definition of a team. And, you know, you you look at our playoff box scores, especially <clears throat> the middle of our order, the bottom of our order have done a tremendous job. And, you know, when, whenever you constantly rely on just a few people, at some point, those people are going to have an off day or at some point they might struggle in the game or whatever. And, and it's those guys' jobs to pick them up, and that's exactly what they did. And, um, you know, and, and that's just what they've been doing all year long. I mean, we, we've got a solid group of guys that, you know, nobody's really scared of the moment. And, you know, case in point, we brought in Eli Kearney that hadn't thrown since before Easter break, and he gives us 93 pitches and, and does a tremendous job if we don't make any uh, errors, and he I don't think he gives up any runs that game. And so it's somebody new every game, and everybody's ready, uh, regardless if the role's big or small. Uh, everybody's ready to step up and help us win. I love it. I absolutely love it. Again, that voice list is Jackson Massey, head baseball coach at North Lenore High School. And I'm going to brag on you a little bit here, Coach. Obviously, you deserve it, and you and your coaching staff, too. But you said that before the season even started, Coach, that you didn't anticipate this being a, and I'm doing air quotes here, a Luke Cannon team or a Matthew Hill team or a whatever player that you want to throw out there's name. You said going into the season that it was going to be a team effort. If you guys were going to be successful, it wasn't going to just be on one player's shoulder or even two players' shoulder. Hell, it's on all your seniors and your underclassmen. This has been a complete team effort at this point, hasn't it, Coach? Yeah, it really has. And, and you know, it, it's more than just nine guys. I mean, we've had times where, you know, I'll use when we went down to Charles B. Acock after spring break, uh, Charles B. Acock, you, you know their tradition. They're a solid 3A baseball club, and 
Um, you know, we were thin on pitching. We had two sophomores, uh, Mason Sasser and P.D. Wiggins had to go down there and throw for us. And, you know, we, we controlled every part of that game. I think it was a 10, 10 to nothing or 11 to one game. I can't remember the final score, but somebody knew every game, man. And, and I think that that keeps the guys sharp. I think it keeps everybody's egos at check. I think it kind of lets us understand that, like, hey, you know, there's no pressure on me. I got eight or nine guys right behind me that can help just like I can. And and that takes a lot of weight off of a 17-year-old or 18-year-old kid's shoulders. And so I'm ex- I'm extremely proud of the guys. They, they've been together all year long. They don't care who gets the credit. They don't care who's in the, in the papers or the – on the media the next day, like they just want to win. And when you have a team that has that mindset as far as whatever it takes, let's just win. It doesn't matter who gets the glory. Like that's the, that's the difference between a great team and a good team. And I think that we have the characteristics of being a great team. And, um, and these guys just got to keep fighting for each other and keep doing what they're doing. And and I'm extremely pleased with it. You have to be for sure. And I got to, can, can I pick on you for a second? Sure. You know, you just dated yourself there with a reference to <laughs> being in the newspaper and, and all well, that. Well, I, I caught myself. I was like, I don't know. I, I don't remember the last time I read a newspaper. And, uh, you know, and that's just the way it is, man. But, yeah, that was uh, that was what we used to do back in my day was like my, my dad would tell me, he showed me the newspaper after one of our games and be like, hey, do you want to read the write-up? And, and you don't, you just pull up your phone these days. I love it. I love it. Jackson Massey joining us right now here on uh, the Brian Hanks show. Uh, and let's take a look ahead uh, tonight, six o'clock over in Wheat Swamp, Camden, Camden County. And you talk about a team that maybe has found their stride at the right time. Only 15 and nine coach. They finished fifth in their conference. I mean, uh, seven and seven in their conference. Yeah, it's, it, it's a pretty good conference. I don't think it's any as good as uh, the East Central 2A, but still, uh, you're facing a team, like I said, right now that just maybe found lightning in a bottle at the right time. Coach, tell us a little bit about Camden County. Well, I'm sure that they're a solid club. Um, you know, if you make if you make the third round of the playoffs, I'm not going to overlook you. Oh, absolutely. And you know, and, and they they've done a tremendous job. Like that conference that they're in is tough. Um, I know Currituck always has a really solid ball club, um, and just some of those teams, I'm not very familiar with them just because of how far away they are. Um, but everything I've heard, uh, they're solid. Uh, I think they're a young group. I don't know how much senior experience they got, but they're hot and they're playing their best, best baseball at the right time. So that's what you're looking forward to as a coach. So I think we'll have our hands full, but I think that if we execute and play our style of baseball, then we'll have a chance at the end of the game. And, you know, when we're on and we're playing well and playing consistent, you know, I'll take my guys over anybody, and, and that's what we're trying to do. Uh, and I know you, you love your guys and all your faces in them. Who's uh, starting on the bump for you tonight, Coach? Uh, Jackson Jenkins. Okay. Uh, what are you anticipating from him, especially after his strong performance last week? Well, just for for him to be Jackson. Um, you know, him being himself is good enough, and he doesn't have to do anything extra or, or try to be something that he's not. And, you know, he's going to keep us in the game. He's going to uh, rely on our defense to make good plays behind him. And uh, I think it'll keep his pitch count low. So I expect him to have the ball for a long time. Um, and after that, we got Lucas available to throw today. Um, and he'll be in relief. And whoever it takes after those two guys, that's what we'll try to do. 
Well, very good. Uh, keys to the victory for tonight, Coach. You kind of uh, touched on a little bit there, but uh, what do you guys have to do well tonight to come away with this third-round victory, Coach? Well, I think with, with these guys, I want to try to get into the opposing team's bullpen a little bit. You know, this guy, the guy that we're seeing from everything that I've heard, he's a strike thrower, um, and so he's going to keep him. He's going to keep him in the game. But if we can grind out some at bats and have some. 25, 20 pitch innings on the other end, you know, and see what they got behind them. Um, you know, you just never know what somebody's depth or what team's depth is like at this stage of the playoffs. And I feel very confident in ours. And so we just got to grind out some ABs, um, no three pitch punch outs, and, you know, try to get in their bullpen as quick as we can. And on the defensive end, we just got to take care of the baseball. If we take care of that, uh, if we limit walks, limit errors, you know, our offense has carried us pretty much the whole year. And, you know, I, I trust our guys to put some runs on the board. And so if we can do that, I, I feel I feel confident about our chances. Well, very good. Well, we will wrap this up here, Coach. Walking into my studio right now, uh, I'm going to get you to put your AD hat on here just for a moment, Coach. Uh, walking in the studio right now, we've got uh, the head coach of your tennis team, Scott Austin, and then uh, his number one and number two players, Austin Williams and Casey Austin. They have made some history this year, too. Uh, it just I give you a chance to brag on them a little bit, especially they've all got the headphones on right now. So uh, uh, brag on them a little bit here, Coach. Yeah, they, they've done a tremendous job, and Scott's done that for years. You know, and, and, and I know that it's extra exciting for him because he's got a pretty tight connection with one of the players on his tennis team right now. <laughs> and, uh, it's just exciting to watch him to watch him do what he does. And, and, you know, when you think about tennis in this area, obviously, you know, Green Central is, is what they are. But I don't think North Lenore is anything to shy around about. And he does a great job of, of keeping them consistent and competing for conference championships and making deep playoff runs. And the only thing that I need to talk to uh, my tennis coach about is they went on some tour of some uh, tennis facility yesterday. Uh, it was the wrong shade of blue. And uh, I got to talk to him about that. Uh, but I did see one of the guys on, on, on one of his pictures that he posted. Somebody was wearing a Duke shirt. So whoever that is, I got to talk to him. But, yeah, I got to talk to my tennis coach. Uh, that's, that, that's right. That's Maddox, our, our, one, our one lone Dukey. So, uh, yeah. yeah, we had a, had a great tour. Thanks, thanks Coach uh, Massey. We, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a great year. And, man, we, we had a great time and we had a great run. And, and thanks for the kind words. We, uh, yeah, we, we made it to the third round and, and we can't ask for anything, anything better with our group of kids. Great group of kids we've got. Um, well, I tell you what, let, let's yeah. hold on that. We're going to get to that in a second. Hey, uh, coach Massey, thank you so much. Good luck in tonight's game and, uh, look forward to talking to you again later on this week, sir. All right. Thank you. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Indeed. Go that Hawks. is coach Jackson Massey from uh north lenore high school i've got more north lenore stars here and coaches here in my my plush well-lit studio but that does wrap up the first hour of uh today's brian hanks show uh again thank you to reggie bullock thank you to jackson massey coming up here we've got scott austin austin williams and casey austin joining us here uh, as we will kick off the second hour of the brian hanks show presented by lenore community college